0: Talking Landscape Photography with Christian Fletcher and Cowan. It is like-minded and a big shout out to all of our Australian Landscape Photographers Facebook page listeners. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We're going to be um, on ALP every Thursday. So if you can't be bothered going through um, you know, the podcast apps and all that sort of stuff to try and find us, the link is going to be on... ALP every Thursday, so just click on that, and you get us first. Now this week we are joined by a legend of Australian landscape photography. His name is Peter Eastway. I was going to call him Sir Peter Reeksway He hasn't actually officially been knighted yet, but he should. Sir Peter Eastway is on the uh, the podcast. We're also we're actually going to have a look at an image sent in to us by a guy called Josh Ball. Of, uh, of Sugarloaf Rock. And we're going to post that on our Instagram shortly. Our Instagram page is light-minded podcast, light-minded podcast to a search for that. And we're going to post Josh's shot. Chot and uh, Peter, you just got back from Bolivia. Did you get any, um, you know, did you get any shots? I know that's a really obvious thing.
1: <laughs> well, I had my yellow fever. I had my, uh, uh, I had all those sorts of shots before I went, yeah. <laughs> try the veal
0: here all week try the veal but did you get any was was there anything where you just um, when you were shooting it when you were like okay that's going to be a corker and you got it back to the um, laptop I mean any great shots
1: yeah I, I i have to post maybe before we go uh live with this interview i'll post up a little youtube video where i've done a combination of some stills and some video footage of the trip and i i've, I've done it i just haven't actually posted it up to youtube i've got a little thing in the middle of our escape from a uni where i do a little cameo to the camera and say ah, we're being chased and you know and then you see us all <laughs> dragging our suitcases across the salt flat and i just wondered whether or not i should add that in but i've i've been uh, told by everybody else said i should so we'll just upload it and you can you can see for yourself uh some of the photos you can see the examples of the uh, you know the, the views that we had from la paz looking over the all of those amazing um uh cacophony of houses in the background mm-hmm. and yes i did think i got one or two shots as life was going on you know every now and then i i, I used to go with um tony and christian look over their shoulders to get my shots but mm. <clears throat> I found Ignacio is pretty good for taking me to the locations sometimes, now. Sometimes
2: walking <laughs> well. to the shops. Oh, so. We've been yeah. traded in. You traded us yeah. in <laughs> for someone better. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's understandable, man, you know. Actually, I'm, I'm catching up with Ignacio uh, at the Focus Awards dinner. So, oh yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, And and Mika, remember Mika Boynton? I'm not yes, sure if Mika yep. was on the on the same same Karagini tour or not. I, I think, don't know if
1: it was the it, same one, but she came with us, didn't she? Uh, yeah, yeah, because yep. Ignacio and uh, Mika, they're judging with me in the Focus uh, Awards coming up in the next week or two.
2: So yeah, it'll be yeah. fun for
1: me because I think I'm in um, Iceland in the next couple of weeks, so I yeah. might be judging remotely. That'll be that'll
2: be fun in games. Yeah, always, always trying to get – so tell us about Iceland. What's happening over there? <clears throat> um,
1: doing a workshop over there with better moments. Interesting. I publish better photography, and there's a guy, uh, Christian, over in um, – Denmark, uh, who used to work for Hasselblad, now is working with Phase 1 in that he's doing some workshops like the, the PODAS workshops that we used to do. So you can grab yourself a Phase 1 outfit if you want to. It's not compulsory. And you know, obviously he and I will be there to show you how to make the most out of it. And we're just going to uh, do a, a drive around Iceland like you and I have done, Christian. And um, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some good weather and uh, some great shots.
2: Yeah, you'll probably get some good weather. I'm sure. What so? Hang on, What time of the year is that? So, is it going to be their winter so coming
1: into the winter? It's it's going into winter. Yeah, that's that's
2: yeah. right. So you you'll, you'll yeah. probably get some some snow and blizzards and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe some lights as well. So uh, it'll mm-hmm. be hopefully be dark enough in the evening for that. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll
2: see what happens. I yeah. think ice, I think Iceland in the winter is way better than in the summer. Personally, and I think it's, it's definitely the time to go. Don't you reckon?
1: I, I think that in the summer the the sun is just a little bit too high most of the time that you're there and mm. that's certainly the, the side seasons i haven't done winter like you have i'd like I, to do winter so that, that's yeah. on my to-do list at some
2: stage yeah yeah well when i was there bloody hell it's like basically landed that that day the next morning got up uh, and we went to get the hire car and you know you got of course they drive on the wrong side of the road so i'm getting into this this car it was a it was a manual Van and it was there was a blizzard, a full-on blizzard going on outside. And here's the car keys, off you go. And you and you're changing gears with your um, right hand, you know. And it's really quite yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And, and and just the whole thing. And and it was seriously windy and this far out, man. We had some just crazy weather. And then halfway through the trip, we were up in the um, the north, up at Meva, I think it's called, right. up in the very north. Yep. And and we had cyclonic winds for two days, yep. and the whole country was shut down. So you know, yeah. do not move. So just, all these warnings, do not leave where you are, stay inside. Yep. And, yep. and we had this wind pick up, and it was literally, I was out shooting late in the afternoon. And it, the wind just it went from nothing to just roaring, and I was getting pushed up this hill and over this fence, and it was scary. I was, like, almost to the point of crawling to try and get back to the hotel, and and that, that continued through the night. It, it,
1: they're, they're frightening, those winds, aren't they? Uh-huh. I, I was down in Antarctica once, uh, Nico Harbour, I think it was, and we walked up this little hill to look over a, a, a glacier, mm. and then these catabatic winds came up, mm. and I can remember I basically slid down the hill on my bum. It was covered in snow because I didn't feel safe in standing up because the winds yeah. were so strong. So it, it yeah. well worries you, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I was going to get blown off in, down into the glacier.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it, it was was that one morning we got up. It was, it was weird because it, uh, the next morning we got up and it was quite calm, but it was a beautiful sunrise. So we all went out from the hotel and just walked down a little bit. And then eventually the, the wind just, again, it started roaring in. Mm. And we all raced back to the shelter of the hotel. But way off in the distance... There was a guy, and I was thought, "Who is that?" And I didn't, I didn't think it was one of our, our troops, trees, but it was actually Graham Ditterich. You remember Graham? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He was way down, photographing these kind of like those little volcanic cones, and and I saw him, and I thought to myself, "That guy is gonna die. He is, <laughs> he's dead." And I'm not thinking it was one of our one of our pieces. Like and he said the same thing. He got back, but um, he said that he was. Yeah, almost at the point of, I'm uh, crawling on his hands and knees to get back. You know, he had yeah. all his gear. He's a big boy, so he, you know, he's a bit safer than me than walking around out there. But Jesus, was. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's scary. I my life have taken these photographs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You've got, I, I, got I, all these...
1: I think it, it, it means that studio photography is where you and I need to head. I think, Christian. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, why, why, why go out in these, these, these areas You
1: got, oh, the, got the shipping crates, so you're halfway there.
2: I know. Well, you know, there's always there's always new ideas, isn't there? I mean, we can you can't shoot landscapes forever.
0: Pete, uh, every now and again we we've got this um, <clears throat> this idea. It's called photo of the week, except we don't do it every week. It's just sort of photo of the month. Um,
1: it, it sounds a bit like my. Um my newsletter, which is the Almost Weekly Photograph, because I don't quite get around to it every week, so I call it Almost Weekly. So you guys, you you could use that as an idea, I guess.
0: Well, it's the same thing here. It's a bit um, sort of uh, all over the place, but we have got an image in... This week, and the guy is name his name is Josh Ball. He's I think he's Dunsborough based. Fletch, do you know him? Uh, no, he
2: yeah no. Uh, I've uh, talked to him a bit, a little bit. He came to the gallery the other week, but I was away. Mm. But he's lives out near um, Lake Dumbleyung. Oh, okay, cool. Which is um, yeah the home of some of the best. <laughs> best. Pete, uh, Pete's just going, where the uh, fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I just <laughs> to to be fair, I was just wondering whether you were winding me up or not. But uh, continue on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a set
2: up
0: for a joke. Uh, no, actually, uh, Pete, do you have that uh, image there, mate? I think Fletch emailed that. I emailed
1: it, it or to or you. Just, that, oh, you emailed it to me. Well, let, let me just have a look. He's on a PC yeah. there, so. So so, what about our um, our, our listeners? Do they just imagine it? Is that is that what you? Um... Uh, no,
2: it'll it'll go up on Instagram. Yeah, nice. Oh, it'll go nice up on way. Instagram. Oh, yeah, okay,
1: nice all
0: right. Okay,
1: so I have a photograph here yes yeah i can see the shots
0: yeah before we get into this um if you want us to have a look at one of your photos and i guess probably one of the reasons why we don't do it every week is because we just forget to do this but if you'd like us to um have a look at one of your shots and we're not going to tear it down or anything like that we're just going to give you constructive feedback uh send it through to a like 617 at gmail.com and we'll uh take a look at it also to to see the shot that we're talking about from josh ball which is of uh, sugarloaf rock incidentally uh in dunsborough uh if you'd like to have a look at that shot too make sure you get over to our instagram page which is light podcast like it and then you can check this shot out too so fellas what do we reckon
2: well i i, I josh sent us a bit of a spiel as well about it and he said uh, he wanted to capture it a little bit differently um and he hasn't seen too many uh, images with a human in the photo. Mm. Um, but uh, but I think he needs to get on and have a look at, at some of Pete's images and and maybe maybe buy Pete's book because there's that beautiful shot of Sugarloaf Rock that Pete took. And he yep. it was during a storm and he made Tony Hewitt run down to the to the front of the rocks mm. and uh, and stand there while there was a storm raging and mm. it was getting wet and blown around and 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 Pete. You know, took this this beautiful shot, and mm. Tony was the the hero, obviously, it's and totally and he, he won all yeah. these awards with it. Yeah. and actually, it...
0: just on Pete's book too. I mean, everybody should buy that. Really, it's like the Bible, isn't it? Really, it, it is, is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And
1: my, my my mother-in-law agrees. You, sh- everybody yeah. should buy a copy of it yeah. at betterphotography.com, dot com. The new tradition, and I, there is a little story about how my version of the photo came about and I'm and and you know to, to to josh who's put this photograph in um uh it was josh's yeah, it's
2: josh yeah, yeah. Josh. Uh, mm. th-
1: these guys have accepted this to give you guys well not to, not to give you a hard time but to give me a hard time so i hope you take this uh the, the right way <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: so but to be fair um it wasn't actually tony hewitt who was in the photograph i actually uh-huh. dropped a figure in and said it was Tony Hewitt oh, Tony wow. was actually helping holding the camera down to keep it as still as possible because we had this tempest coming through mm. you know where the Sun is and um, Josh's photo that we, basically we had a, a so wow. westerly just yeah you know, hammering mm. in at us and um, Tony was trying to keep the camera still for the 30 second exposure wow. because all the waves are moving and the clouds moving and I actually had to that was a I fake, had a, a fake Tony. An earlier shot taken at a faster shutter speed and I had to actually combine the two shots so that sugar loaf itself was sharp because in the thirty seconds things did get knocked around a little bit.
2: Ah, right. So, who was, so so was, so was the person? But, yeah, who was but it? But there is
1: there is, there, there is nothing new in photography. As Susan Sontag wrote in her book on photography, it was mm. the worst day of my life when she basically said, there's no such thing as an original idea in photography. It's all been done before. Mm. All photography is derivative. Yeah. And I thought, no, that's not right. And then you look at how many photos are taken every day with phones. and. I'm sorry, it's only original for us. <laughs>
2: but, but, but I
0: bet you no one's ever put a, a fake um, Tony Hewitt into a Sugar Life rock shot ever. That's pretty original.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, mastermind, the, the Tony fake Tony Hewitt was actually a. I, I'm just trying to think. It was either a guy I photographed in Turkey with his hands up, or it was a with guy I photographed up. in Papua <laughs> But, but either way, it was, they, they came from some exotic, lo- yeah the, the figure came from some lo- exotic location. Yeah. And yeah. The, the, from memory, the hands are up in the air. So there's a little bit more um, action in the, uh, in the, in the, yeah. the figure. and okay. uh,
0: yeah. So he was obviously a very, well, anyway, very good looking man that you
1: picked. Well, you couldn't really tell. It was no. just a silhouette yeah. so uh, yeah. from yeah. where we anyway, were. And Mark, I also John- made him a little bit smaller. So, to uh... oh,
2: oh, really? <laughs> make the rock look bigger?
1: Well, I have to <laughs> open up the photo and see, and just compare the two. It's quite interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What, what, what would you do, um, yeah, Christian? What do you? Do you uh, think? What do you reckon?
2: Well, 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 Actually, let me go back to that image of Pete's. I remember um, when I first saw that. Pete took that when he came down to do a, a talk at a AIPP event in at Bunker Bay. Mm. So him and Tony came down to, to my area and, and and Pete pulls out this photograph of Sugarloaf Rock. and it's, it's the most amazing photo I'd ever seen of Sugarloaf. And I was like so pissed off because I live here, I've been living here for the last 30 years mm. and taking photos of Sugarloaf Rock and all mine crap. And then he comes out and takes one shot, which is right. a, a ball terror. And I was like, you know, I was like, ah, oh, mm. shit. Mm. And how's that possible? You know, mm. why why didn't I see that? Why didn't I do that? So, mm. so Well, I, I,
1: I, I owe it all to Tony because we'd been out early I don't know. We're doing some workshop or whatever down there. We've been out early. We we're coming back for breakfast at Bunker Bay, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And Tony said, "Oh, we should just go down and Sugarloaf Rock." And you know, I said, "Oh, the light's getting a bit high. You know, probably won't be any good." He said, "No, no, no. Come on, we'll go down." So I said, "Okay." So thank you, Tony. Tony was yeah. the guy who took me. And when we got there, there was this storm coming, and mm-hmm. we um, we just basically parked the car, ran up to the lookout as it hit. And I just had a little Panasonic Lumix with me, and the light was just fantastic. You know, the storm coming through, the light was behind us because it was morning and it was just lit up. And we didn't shoot it. We, you know, I got a couple of snaps with the Panasonic, just a little you know, point and shoot, which I, I did a little bit of work to Panasonic in those days. And um, then then it was gone. Uh, well, we ran back to the cars actually because it pissed down with rain, and then it was gone. And we thought, ah, oh, that's never going to happen again. So we went up. And we took a few photos, and then within half an hour, another squall came through, and it was almost a direct repeat of what we had missed half an hour before. (laughs) And so we took the shots, and then it was just later on when I was processing the photo, I thought, oh, it would look better with a figure in there, and so I I dropped a figure in. If people who are reading do a Google search, Eastway Sugarloaf, you'll see the picture will come up um, as as you're listening to this. And you can see my figure is on a similar rock uh, possibly the same rock, but it's just a little bit smaller, so that makes Sugarloaf Rock look a little bit bigger. What do you reckon yeah. about this? So I'm, um, I'm, I'm cheating. What do you
0: reckon about this photo from uh, from Josh, though, boys?
2: Yeah, I, I like I like the feel. I like the just looking at that. Photo that up, it's, up, it's got that because you, know, you know Josh is one of the he's a younger guy, a bit younger than us, and um, you know it, it's got that really nice Instagram kind of feel about it there you know, with that beautiful um, light source that the sun, the, the flare and, and the colors. He's obviously gone for, uh, colors on the opposite sides of the color wheel. So it's a really nice color, uh, balance there. Um, I personally feel like the blue and the water is a little bit too blue. Some of those whites I'd like to Mm. see a bit whiter. Um, not so, you know, the, so much cyan in the, in the whites of the foam and stuff, but, um, You know, other than that, I do like the feel. And I think also he may have dropped in uh, that sun flare possibly into the shot because if you look at the left-hand side of the image um, on the horizon, you can see what looks like the sun is is and that the the actual light is coming from a different spot, Mm. which is okay. I mean, you can – but possibly what I would maybe have done is just clone that out, that area out. Just fix that up so that mm. you can't tell where the sun's coming from. Mm. Uh, but other than that, I really like the scale. I like the fact that he's—that's him. I think it's him in there. It's shot with a drone, and I love. I think putting a person into shots like this mm. are great for showing the scale because without that, it's hard to know how big that rock is. And mm. and in reality, it's a massive rock. Mm. If you ever actually see anyone actually on the rock, it it. it it's it's, it's staggering, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. staggering how big it is. So mm. I think it's, it's done really well. I really like it. I would like to have seen a bigger version so I can zoom in a little bit more. Mm. There's Pete's phone again. He's very popular. <laughs>
1: that's right. You can cut that out, can't you? Because you've got three uh, sound totally, sources coming in. No, They're we'll leave it not, in. That's
2: it's that's totally uh, that's just Josh ringing, ringing you right now. <laughs> oh, so, so what do you think, Pete?
1: Well, I, I agree with that it's it's got that you know as you say the, the a more of a modern aesthetic a little bit different to what you and i would do mm. my only suggestion would be that now, now that you're saying that he's probably shot with a drone that would make sense for his posture but i i think that when it comes down to a photograph um that it, when you've got people in it their gesture or their expression or their pose can really change a photo from being great to being absolutely fantastic How do you make and that? i just whether a pose, other than just standing there with the drone controls, mm. might have given it—you know—given it, you know, given it a, a different dimension. Yeah, just right. something to think about.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You could have um, could have had his hands up in the air.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think mine did actually. Now, having thought that I did, yeah, I'm I, I, didn't at it, it. I didn't think I don't it. I didn't think it did. No, I think mine's just standing there as well, looking out to sea. So yeah. uh, it, it didn't. Actually, yeah, yeah. Pete,
0: I'm just looking at yours now. It's um, it's an absolute corker. So like Pete said before, just um, do a Google search for Eastway Sugarloaf Rock because it's a, a cracker. Pete, uh, mate, we've asked some of the um, big who's in the industry um, this question recently. Mate, I've always wanted to ask you this. Who is your most favouritest landscape photographer in the world right now?
1: Christian Fletcher.
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. You're only saying that because you actually really believe it.
1: <laughs> My favourite landscape photographer at the moment. Mm. I don't have a favourite landscape photographer at the moment. I see some amazing stuff being done. Um, you know, in terms, I mean, you know, how do I, how do I answer that diplomatically I find that there are a lot of photographers out there who are doing one or two good shots. And I find that there are few Mm. new photographers who are putting together bodies of work. And Mm. that's fair enough, Mm. because if they're newer and younger photographers, they haven't been doing it for a while. Mm. And so it normally is the photographers who've been around for a little longer, have had the five, 10 years to put together a portfolio of work Mm. that then becomes something that you you want to follow and that you're interested in Mm. and so you know you you go onto instagram you go onto facebook um you judge photography competitions i mean i'm involved with the international landscape photographer of the year competition which Closes, I think, something like the well, the, towards the end of October. Okay, I'll um, get you my shot. Yeah, Chris won, won that one. So, you know, he's a legend in his own lunchtime there. Yeah. And the work that you see in there is fantastic. Uh, there are some photographers who will put, you know, 10 or 20 photos in, and they might even get, we've now limited, uh, you know, you can get up to four photos into the top 101. And, you know, there are a couple of guys there who are doing some really nice work, but then they're not necessarily there the following year. Mm. And that's that's not a criticism. Mm. It just shows the struggle that everybody has today in trying to stand out Mm. because there are so many people and you only need one good photo to make an impression. And so you see all of those single good photos. Mm. But the question Mm. you asked me was, what photographer am I following? Mm. And I see a lot of great photographs, but I don't necessarily see a lot of great photographers out there. Mm because there are so many of them mm. all doing one or two great shots. Um, mm. You know, I, I don't see, you know, people say, "Oh, who's your favourite photographer of all time? Mm. Possibly Irving Penn, who did mainly portraiture and studio work. Mm. People mm. say, wow, you're a landscape photographer. How come you're following a portrait photographer who worked in the studio? Because I learned everything about light mm. from Studio photography—it just, you know, it's taught so much. But these guys, they were doing it for 50 years. You know, they've got an oeuvre of beautiful work that Mm. shows a procession from where they started to where they ended. Mm. And then you can look at a photographer and you can say, okay, I understand that photographer's journey, where they where they started, where they've ended up. And yeah, you don't like everything they do, but you really appreciate what they've done. Michael Kenner, if you asked me to throw Mm. a name, Michael Kenner, who's you know my vintage um you know he still shoots with a Hasselblad film camera he said I've worked out what I like and film does it for me Mm -hmm. I don't see the need to change and when you look at his work it is all done in the camera it's all beautifully seen you know processed in the the dark room beautifully printed etc but the idea starts you know as Fles Walkling would say Christian it's the other side of the camera people are so many photographers are focused on what's in front of the camera, whereas it's really what what is behind the camera mm. that makes the difference. In other words, what we're thinking that makes the difference.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's so true, Pete. I mean that you do, and and there's because there's so many photographers now doing doing it, mm. and mm. and coming like I said, coming up with um, some good work. Mm. Um, yeah, it's nice to be able to see. know what else they have in their their feed or on their website and their catalogues what Mm. uh what what they're doing and and how they're doing it but um i guess it's like everything um digital's made photography easier but it doesn't make the ideas any easier i think actually having uh coming up with good ideas to create new and interesting work is always a challenge and i think that's where we all struggle i mean you know I often get out there with a the camera and go, well, how am I going to shoot this and make it look interesting or mm. better than what I've done or someone else has done or, or even you know, just just some some new thought process. But, um, yeah, like you said, it's all been done.
1: Yeah, and it is interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, I love going on photo workshops. I mean, people say, oh, we like going on Photoshop's, workshops with you, Pete, because we learn everything Um, from you. You teach us stuff, and I say, yeah, that's great. And then I say under my breath, you know, I really like going with you guys because you rediscover stuff mm. that I forget. And like I was on a workshop in Bolivia we talked about, and one of the photographers there, he had an infrared camera with him. Mm. I've mm. just gone and bought myself uh, an infrared filter to put over the phase because all of a sudden I could see what he was shooting, middle of the day, great stuff, uh, you know, just a different way of you know, using the light. Mm. And I thought, I've got to get back into I mean, I've done infrared. Yeah, over the years, starting with the the film, used to use the false colour infrared film, black and white, when you had to load it in complete dark. You couldn't even load it uh, in daylight because the infrared radiation would cloud it and all that sort of stuff. Uh, But it's just nice to rediscover stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. It was interesting, Christian, I looked at your stuff, for instance, when you started to get into the mundane, the banal landscape again. And I Mm -hmm. thought, oh, God, I went through that process 20 years ago. And yet I look at the way you've rediscovered it and, you, know, you, you a lot of people are now loving that uh, Jeffrey Smart way of looking at the photos, the Grant Mudford way of lining up a really you know, beautifully you know, um, composed image of Stephen Shaw approach to photography, the new topographics. All of these influences which I see that you've sort of taken on board and, you know, it's, it's become your new play toy, uh, stuff mm. that you like. And and I think that's great. And so mm. this, it. I think that's what makes you and I still – enthusiastic in that you can go back and rediscover and reinvent yourself and have fun because photography com- continues to change. So I was in Bolivia 30 years ago and I shot it with a four by five camera and a 35 mil film camera. I went back and I'm shooting with digital stuff with 150 megapixels, heaven's sake. You know, yeah. And it's just a completely different way of rediscovering. So Susan Sontag was right. Everything in photography is derivative. It's all been done before. But you can be true to yourself and do something that was new. So we go back to Josh's photo of Sugar Life. That was undoubtedly new and different for him. And mm. that's his discovery. That's his art. That's fantastic. And that's, I think, what photography has today is that we can all get that personal satisfaction um, of creating something that's new and different for ourselves.
2: Yeah. 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 Well said, Pete. You're a very wise man.
0: He certainly is. Peter Eastway is going to be joining us in a couple of weeks' time again, but uh, next Thursday we're joined by the master, Dr. Les Walkley. If you'd like us to give you some feedback on one of your images like we did for Josh Ball, just send us an email to lightminded 617 at gmail.com. And uh, just a reminder, Josh's shot is going to be on our Instagram right now. So just do a search for Light-Minded Podcast and you'll see what we've been talking about. Thanks to all of our Australian Landscape Photographers listeners. And um, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next week with Dr. Walkling. Bye.